Hey, everyone. Your designers are here. I'm Anita at Cedar Hill Farmhouse. And I'm Yvonne at Stone Gable. And I'm Kelly at My Soulful Home. And we have tips and tricks and decorating advice for you today. So let's get started. Today is episode 252, Ideas for a Memorable Tablescape. And you can find the show notes at decoratingtipsandtricks.com slash 252. I'm excited about talking about tables. I know. Well, we're going to get right in because, you know, setting a beautiful table is something that all three of us love to do. And if you're listening, you probably love to set a beautiful table too. And um, we're going to talk about what maybe separates a beautiful table from a memorable table, because I'm sure all the tables you set are beautiful. And this is going to be fun for me because I just found out that we are hosting a bridal shower or a wedding shower. It's what? a couple shower at our farm. Yes, I was just informed. But not for your, not for, Evie? not, no, not, no, for, not for Evie. Evie. No, 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 no. It's way for too early else. for Miss Evie. Oh, for that my business. goodness. No, don't even say that. That's just scary. Okay. <laughs> No. Well, so having yeah. ho- having hosted many in my life, Anita, if you need any suggestions, I would love to help you out. Well, and it I've is hosted, so fun. I've hosted tons. I've actually hosted tons, but it's been a while. So of yeah. wedding, uh, bridal showers, you've hosted bridal and mm-hmm. and um, baby yeah, showers. baby showers. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Hey, oh yeah. my god! You know, I used to give parties all the time, but you know. My work schedule doesn't allow for it. I know. One of the most memorable uh, bridal showers I ever hosted um, was for my Southern friend, Loretta. And she says, Loretta, if you ask her her name, I love it. And so, Loretta, if you're listening, hi. And in the South, which I wasn't familiar with, they, uh, instead of doing it all themselves, they gather up their best group of girlfriends and you work as a group to put it on. Oh, well, that's what we used to do. That Mm -hmm. was Mm -hmm. so much fun. Like some of us worked on decorations. Some of us worked on the menu. Some of us, so we sort of broke it all up and it was a big friend gathering just to get um, all the work done. And that was probably the most fun uh, party I ever threw. Because it was a big team effort by people, you know, that we all love each other. Okay. Well, who is this for? I need to know. It was, it was for Loretta's daughter in law. No, yeah. But but Anita's, because who, when she's doing it. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah. It's somebody that, that Kevin works with. Oh, well, how nice of you. How lovely. And the farm, what a gorgeous spot. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So should be. When's that going to be? Well, I, I I don't know yet. We'll see. It's okay. just, it's still, I just kind of was, can you do it? And I said, yes, I can do it this date or this date. So. Okay. All okay. right. Well, we better, still we in the better beginning. Well, let's let's yeah. dive into memorable tablescapes. How about, how about an idea from you, Kelly? Well, I love, you know, obviously a beautiful table is, you know, something that we all uh, enjoy setting up. I think, you know, it's kind of like getting ready for the prom. Like sometimes it's even more fun just to get ready for it, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it's setting it all up and think about Mm -hmm. and make your plans. But not the cleanup. Yeah. No, not the cleanup. Right. 
But to, to make it really memorable, um, sometimes you want to have a little takeaway. So then they not only do they have the memory in their mind, but they have something they can take away and enjoy at home. So I love to do little individual florals mm-hmm. um, at each place setting. And of course, this depends on uh, whether you do a floral or some other little takeaway. It may depend on the season or if it's you know a certain occasion or something like that. But florals kind of can cover all the bases, whether it's a bridal shower or it's Christmas Eve dinner or something like that. Just a tiny little vase. And you could, again, use those little uh, yogurt jars that we've got everyone Mm -hmm. buying all over the country, (laughs) those little wee ones. And I just found another brand that does them with even a wider mouth. So you can actually get more flowers in there. Although I do love the brand that we talked about because they're delicious. They are delicious. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm So just doing, you have your centerpieces and then rift off those and just do tiny little ones. And maybe even you do, say, if you had that tiny little jar and you filled it with, for Christmas, maybe a little sprig of holly and maybe some berries and maybe a little some little white flowers. And then you could do the place card and do it on a tag and maybe tie it around the top of that little jar, something like that. So florals would be my first go to, but some little takeaway that can be at each place, whether it sits on the center of the plate or it's off to the side a little bit, something that they can take home. Oh, yeah. I, and I love the, um, the idea of the individual, uh, flowers for each person, the individual vase. That's something that I do a lot. So I'm totally with you on that idea. And also even individual little Perrier bottles would be mm-hmm. perfect for a little. Oh, yeah. And girls, that was my number one. Thing oh, to no, do. really? Yeah. Number one on my list is give them a takeaway. And what I like to use is seas- something seasonal. So like in the fall, like a little pumpkin, maybe I've painted the, uh, the stem gold or written their initial on it and they can take it home. You can get those Sharpies that are gilded colors and you can write, you know, fall or or gather or something like that. Or like you were saying, Christmas or, or if it's winter, like a pair of warm socks or, you know, just something fun, like socks clean, of course, new stuck in the, uh, a mug or in the, uh, a glass. And that's just like sort of a really fun conversation point. That's so cute. I wouldn't have really gone so far off piece, you know, like to do socks, but I mean, that is so cute. But like in the wintertime, everybody wants them. Yeah. They absolutely. do want them. Those little fuzzy socks. My girls love to get those. Or even like a, a little thing of homemade um, hot chocolate. It doesn't have to be a lot, but something that they can take home. Right. And I would say take home and be usable, not like a tchotchke, mm-hmm. because we have enough tchotchkes. So something that like, or a little thing, a hand cream or something that, or like you said, a plant, something that people could use and then it's disposable. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I would, yeah, I would probably go more with the, the flowers, but yeah, but you could definitely go with a little gift, a little, uh, takeaway gift for them. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great idea. Another idea that I like to think about is, applying some of our decorating rules for the table. And so something that I often do, and I, you both probably do it too, is to use the limited color palette. Now, I think you can break that rule too. That'll work because I have Fiesta dishes and every dish is a different color. And I've also done parties where every teacup and saucer is different, a different pattern. But it's also quite elegant to have just one or two colors on the table. I think that's a pretty way to go. 
And Anita, I like that idea. And I can I I'll just carry that further. Set a mix and match table. Like not all your dishes have to be the same. And I love dishes that are different. Like if you're serving, if you have eight people serve four plates of one size and four plates, like maybe four square and four round and mix them up. So if you um, don't have a place setting of eight, you can still mix and match it up. And I think it makes for a very interesting and fun table especially if you do it in a limited color palette, then it doesn't look so disjointed. Yes, I think that's really key. If you are going to mix a lot of different patterns and things Mm -hmm. like that, then you definitely want to take the advice of the limited color palette. We had a question um, come through from one of our listeners, also one of our shoppers at Bespoke Decor, Bonnie Lott. Bonnie, if you're listening, thank you hey, so much. Hey, Bonnie. And Hi, Bonnie. Bonnie and I were chatting over the weekend on email about um, just this very thing, setting a pretty table. And she was asking me my opinion. Did I think that you could mix transfer wares with some other China patterns like Limoges, like maybe some florals or something like that? And I give her my thoughts in the email, but maybe at this point, you too want to ring in on that. How do you feel about mixing them all in one place setting? I think if they all go, I think that's a great idea, of course. I if think they if all... there's a color thread. Right. If there's right. some, if they, mm-hmm. if they work together, if they coordinate well, then why not? Right. I think that's so pretty. Like she was saying, she would, her thought would be to start with a bigger white plate, like maybe the oversized sort of buffet style white plate, then a transferware plate, and then maybe some decorative hand-painted Limoges or something like that on top of that. I think that would be absolutely stunning. And I think she's she's really onto a, a key idea. If you break it up with white, I think mm-hmm. that makes it more palatable. Ha ha, pun intended. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> it's interesting. Um, a friend of ours really prefers black napkins uh, because then it, her lipstick doesn't show. And I thought it was a very interesting thing uh, to think about because I was thinking about buying some some more napkins or making some and I just thought, hmm, do I go black? I think that is a good idea where you don't, if uh, you know somebody's not going to get the lipstick, it's not going to be real obvious there's lipstick on it. I don't know. What do you both think about that? Well, I have a little story about that. I had never heard of such a thing with the black napkin. And as part of my volunteer duties that, uh, you know, things that I engaged in here in town for when my girls were in, you know, a little bit younger, I just stopped doing this one particular thing last year, but I was the general chair for the cotillion somehow. I don't know how that happened, Ooh, wow. but uh, it was, <laughs> I thought it was a one-year job and it was seven, but anyway, it was, oh. <laughs> I had a fabulous opportunity. And I mentioned this because these two women who run it was a family owned business that went back you know, like a hundred years. Anyway, lovely, lovely ladies. But when you, every year I would be invited to go have lunch with them when we would start. And of course, I mean, I have very nice table manners, but here I am. It's almost like having lunch with Emily Post, you know, like they Mm -hmm, are the cotillion mm -hmm. ladies. They know everything about manners and and things like that. And, you know, what fork to use and all of this. So I went and had lunch with them for the first time. So this was, you know, probably eight years ago, first year. And we went to this nice restaurant that they invited me to, and we sat down and the one woman, said to the waiter, she just made a, like a motion, 
pointed to the napkin and he quickly whisked away our white napkins and came back with black ones. See, mm-hmm. it's a thing. And it, I, it is a thing. Well, it is a thing, right? And and I I she could probably tell that I was like, hmm, like what was that? And she was like, Kelly, we're all wearing black, and That's you right. don't want to have white lint on yep. your well black that dress, well. right? And you know, she didn't talk about the lipstick thing, but isn't that true? It never even occurred to me. Well, this is this is a thing that men have darker trousers mm-hmm. and they should be given a dark napkin so oh, it doesn't too. so yeah. there's no, oh yeah this is why the, i think this is sort of how to, how it all originated this has been oh gosh years and years and years ago bob and i were out to dinner at a place that no longer exists around here but a pretty high-end italian restaurant and and we were given black napkins and we sat down and we're eating and then and then uh, we're done dinner. And then I happened to see one of my children's teachers. So we went up and we talked to them and had a really nice chit chat. And we're leaving. And as Bob's opening the door for me to get in the car, he had his black napkin still tucked into his pants. <laughs> I said, oh, Bobby, don't tuck your napkin into your pants. But that's the that's the downside of a dark napkin. You can't see it in a dark place if you're oh, wearing it out the well, door. Well, there's a downside to everything, I suppose. Yes, yes. yes. But oh, yes, so I funny. think that, well, we're sort of off track here. So let's get us back on track. I think um, not only what you put on a table is memorable. It's your conversation around the table. And what I do now, and it was started by my wonderful friend, Barb, who's a fabulous hostess, Um she so everybody has a chance to talk at the table. Um, she asks people who, if there's anybody new or people getting together, um, tell us your life story in a couple of minutes. Well, your life was, story in a couple. Oh of wow! Minutes. I know, and it takes forever, but people find such commonalities, and I have heard the best stories ever sitting around a table listening to people tell their stories. Only one time was it so tragic. We were all depressed. Oh, no. But other than that, other than that, it's mostly very successful. And people sort of pair off because they've got commonalities. And and I feel it. Uh, and so I use that and just give it a try. It is really a wonderful way to get everybody, even the quiet people, around your table interested. So in how do you get the talkers to cut their story short so the quiet ones can tell theirs? Because That's we put sort of know. a time limit on. She's, oh, okay. she's a little bit bossy, but in a okay, good way it. and say, okay, well, <laughs> we're going to go on to the next person. So let's wrap it up. So another thing I like to think about when I am setting a table is to think about not only are the dishes all going together, but is the flatware working with the dishes? So I think it's fun to choose from different types of flatware. So I have silver, I have regular flatware, I have bronzeware, which is kind of brass colored. I have some of the French flatware that has the black handles and I have some flatware that has pink handles. So it's kind of fun to pull out the uh, forks and knives and spoons that go with my dishes. And I also have some French silverware, which is always fun to use. And the the cool thing about the French silverware is that the elegant part, the design is on what Americans would call the bottom side or the back side of the forks and spoons. So I set the table with the fork and the spoon, basically what we would say is upside down. That is such a pretty look. Oh, wow. I like that look. I never knew that. Why did they do that? 
I don't know. It's just it's just another one of those French things, you know. Those Frenchies. But the yeah, the the stamp, you know, the the letters are on the top of the fork and spoon rather than the bottom. So it really to have the pretty table, you need to use them upside down on the but table. But don't do that with our American silverware because you'll have where it's made from. <laughs> right. Yeah, don't do that. Um mm-hmm. here's another thing that I think is so much fun. Eat in a place that is not your dining room or your kitchen, like alfresco dining. I think that always Great mm, idea. always makes a memorable um uh tablescape. I remember one um Thanksgiving we had was relatively warm and we had Thanksgiving on our croquet lawn, which under these beautiful maples, now they were almost down, but we had we were uh maple leaves were underfoot and it just was so beautiful. Also I've had I've served lunch in my living room and I pulled up uh almost like a hot was it, well, it wouldn't be high tea because it wasn't a high table, but like a low tea. But we actually had a full lunch just by holding our our plates. And um, so go go someplace other than your your dining room and have a fun time. Like we have a big porch, and when I'm having just a couple people, I'll set uh, a little table on my porch. Oh, that's a great idea, and it's always fun. Everybody wants to eat outside, assuming the weather is and nice. the bugs aren't bad. So. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. I suppose <laughs> I yeah, know. that's that's a I good know. point. But but at the farm, I don't know, the wind's blowing. We really don't have a problem with bugs there for some reason. But it's Texas, I don't know, but we just don't. Must be because of the wind. But I agree, everyone wants to eat outside. Yeah, it's just something a little unexpected. People come in, they think they're going to sit in the dining room. I love that idea. Um, Okay, I have another. I think I don't like, especially when it's people that you don't know that well, when people have to sort of wait for something to come over to them or, you know, you don't want to interrupt somebody's conversation to ask for the salt and pepper or the creamer or something like that. So how about getting those tiny little individual salt and pepper shakers? And then you just have them, you know, to sort of right at the top of the plate someplace and everybody can have their own and they don't have to go. Uh, and, you know, sometimes people, not only do they not want to interrupt someone's conversation, maybe they don't want to give the impression to the the hostess slash possible cook that, you they know, didn't maybe salt their food. They still have a little more salt. If you're a salter like, like me, you just need extra salt. Right. Yeah. They might not know, uh, you know, that they might not feel right. comfortable asking. So they might just go through the meal without the salt. But this way, and they're so inexpensive. I found some on Amazon. We can put a link in the show notes. They're like $12 for a whole bunch of little sets. And they're so darn cute. Don't you just love a great recommendation from a friend? Well, we're delighted to be recommending these companies and their wonderful products to you today. And let them know your friends at DTT sent you. I think it's really important when you have a, a guest. I like to uh, pair people who have never met before. So, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, you have people that do know each other, but also have people that don't. And so I think that just makes for a really interesting mixing. And then I like to use place cards because I want people to sit next. I want people to sit together who ac- actually maybe don't know each other so that they can get to know each other. And also I'll do things like, oh, like as we're milling around, oh, Sally, um, I was, I'm going to put you next to Amy because Amy doesn't really know many people here. Would you mind just sort of making her feel comfortable? And then Amy feels very comfortable because Sally's like including her. And I think that makes a really memorable time. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And I think that's a, a good thing to think about. And getting back to the table, another tip that I have for candles is not to use the scented kind uh, because you've got the, oh, all, yeah. you don't want it to fight with the beautiful smells of this wonderful heavenly food that you've been preparing. So, you know, I try to use, uh, and also I think we've talked about this before. I usually stick with mm-hmm. white candles. So you might do the tapers or you might do, you know, kind of the thicker candles or the tea lights. Uh, but, and also that may depend on how much lighting there is, especially if you're outside. Like I said, I'm, I'm going to be hosting on my back porch again. So I, hmm, I'm going to have to decide how much candlelight I need back there, but we'll definitely be using Anita, that. that is so that important. That is going to be so much yeah, fun. Yeah, that's so important because you don't want to mix magnolia scent with a roast beef. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, mm-hmm. good point. Mm-hmm. Another thing that is um, with candles that can make a table really memorable is, is going a little overboard with the candles. Mm. In fact, I think you can never really have too many candles, but... I like to cluster tapers that are different heights together rather than just having one and one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so maybe do a cluster of three or five, again, using your odd numbers and have them at different heights. And even if the tapers, um, the actual stick is the same height, the day or two before I'll burn a few candles down lower so you have the variety of heights in the little cluster and when someone walks in you don't have to light them right away if this is not the first room the people are going to be coming to they're going to come in and hang out in your living room for a little while and then come into the dining room right before everybody's going to come and go in and light all your candles and maybe i think the ones on the table should be the real deal you know with the match or with a lighter light those up but then around the room you can do those other types of the battery operated candles and so you could have those going and then just light up the table right before everybody comes in. And to walk into a room that's, you know, sort of with low ambient light and then the candlelight is pretty spectacular. Mm, what a great I idea. So agree. Uh, another thing is people love anything monogrammed. So if you have something at a place setting that has their monogram on it, that is such um, a crowd pleaser. So, um, and that can actually be a takeaway as well, but you know, you can take white dishes and stencil uh, a monogram on them and have them wash off when they're done. If they're just decorative, so people can see that or a beautiful place card with their name done in beautiful calligraphy that they could even take home, but something that either has um, a one letter, a three letter, a name, some kind of a monogram on it is something that's very, very popular and memorable. So we talked about the stencils in the last podcast episode. So what if you had some small stencils and then on your plate, if you, like she was saying, this temporary monogram idea, if you, if you have maybe, for example, a chocolate dessert, so you get out the stencil of the of the first, the letter of everybody's first name on their plate and just sprinkle some cocoa powder on it and then pick it up. So it just has their initial next to the, their little dessert. Wouldn't that be fun? Oh my gosh, that is so memorable. Wait, okay, so you would, okay, so, so you have the dessert mm-hmm. plate and then you would what? You would put the little dessert on one side and you so, have the monogram on the other on the same plate? No, I would serve it. I would serve the dessert on a plate that you're in the back room, you're sprinkling the, yeah, the cocoa, or maybe you've probably already done it ahead of time on each person's plate. So then when you pass out the desserts, it already has their monogrammed um, in cocoa powder on their plate. Isn't that fun? 
I want my monogram and cocoa well, powder everywhere. Let, yeah. let me just throw this in. I'm part of a maker studio, and we have these uh-huh. gorgeous mesh stencils that are that Ooh. have different kinds of letters, all kinds of fonts, and you can get them mm-hmm. to do that, and they would be gorgeous. So we'll put that sh- in the sh- wow, uh, that, that link in the so show fun. notes. Oh yeah, I'm thinking like um, chocolate covered strawberries. Even like you could have it all plated, mm-hmm. and it would just be easy. Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe right, some truffles right. and chocolate covered strawberries on like one side, and then uh, your mom and a little idea. yeah, like, just in the a- corner. That'd be beautiful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You'd have to have a place to store those while the, because I don't know if you could even. Stack I doubt them. you it could stack them. Your- and this yeah. is another idea. Mm-hmm. This this isn't the plate exact. I mean, this isn't the table exactly. But you know, memorable tablescapes are really more than the table itself. But one time we had um, a party, and we knew a piano player, and he came, and I had a piano for decades in my house. I used to play. And, um, not well. That's why we got rid of it. And, um, he played the piano during, uh, during cocktail hour and then during dinner. And he played for his dinner. I know. And that was everybody commented on that. And I'm sure they have remembered it because how often does that happen? You know, or just even set the mood with some really great music. Okay. Well, that is very true. And I'll throw in something that people might not have thought of. My girls are singers, so they're always involved in um, their school choir. And then they sang for the Los Angeles Children's Chorus for years. And one of the things that the uh, Los Angeles Children's Chorus used to auction off at their annual benefit was a group of the kids to come to your house at Christmas time, you know, they're assuming whoever bids on this is, is planning on having a Christmas party or something like that. Oh, or I guess you could just have them come fun. sing for yourself. But right. But the kids would come and, you know, it'd be sort of the kids would volunteer or they'd pick, you know, it's eight or 10 of them or whatever. And they would come and sing Christmas carols. Ugh. And Aww. yeah, and depending, we were at, we never wanted, I guess, I don't know, but we were at, invited to a party where they came and our two girls were singing and the kids just, they had a big front porch and the kid, everybody just came out and the kids sang. Yeah. And then my girls have been involved at other times where they actually came into the dining room, depending on the size of the house and the party and stuff like that. But if you have, um, if you're having a Christmas party like that and in your neighborhood, there are probably choirs. It doesn't have to be children. There's probably church choirs and things like that. And you could contact them and just say, Hey, could we get a group of your singers to come over and sing, you know, three or four Christmas carols? You know, we'll donate to your, you know, church fund or something like that. And it is pretty spectacular. Yes. Yes. Oh, how fun is that? What a great idea. And this has been so fun. I've gotten so many ideas for my party. So thanks to both Mm -hmm. of you (laughs) for my show. And you too. And remember, yeah. And remember, we're here to inspire you to create a beautiful home and a beautiful tablescape. Until next time. Thanks so much for listening to Decorating Tips and Tricks. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, then subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode.